Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with Matthew Reinhardt, the best-selling creator of numerous elaborate pop-up books. His previous titles include several Encyclopedia Mythologica books, a pop-up book of nursery rhymes, and pop-up books set in the worlds of Star Wars, Legos, Transformers, Game of Thrones, and more. This fall, Reinhardt is letting a new pop-up book go with Frozen Pop-Up, based on Disney's hugely successful 2013 animated film, inspired by the Snow Queen fairy tale. This new book, which presents a three-dimensional version of the story of Elsa, Anna, and the Frozen Kingdom of Arendelle, is being published in October by Disney Editions, which is sponsoring this podcast. Matthew, thanks for speaking with me. Thank you for having me today. So I interviewed you for PW way back in 2007, when I think your first Star Wars pop-up book was coming out. And back then, you'd said that you were lucky enough to be able to choose projects that you love, essentially. So assuming that's still the case, were you a fan of Frozen uh, going into this project? Oh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, the movie comes out and it's this huge hit. You know, usually my type of movie, well, I've always loved animation, of course. So it was definitely on my radar and it was definitely something, you know, I have a niece and a nephew and my niece especially was super into it. So when, you know, you're around it all the time, you can't help but get into it. You know, I saw it multiple times. I mean, that's what I think most parents have. And, you know, I've always loved Disney movies and there was just something about it that it, it has this quality, like it, reaches on so many levels, you know, like it's this musical that's really spectacular. And then the, the story is, you know, even though it's a story that has been told many times, there's this new edge to it, you know, so I loved it. I always get to, I'm, I'm lucky and I still do get to do a, pretty much every project I do is one that I love, but I love a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, some wide ranging interests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And there are a lot of very like nerd interests, I have to say, you know, like, you know, I love comic books. I love cartoons. I love um, animation, you know, and I like a lot of the other things like nonfiction stuff. You know, I love history. I love especially ancient history. I love, you know, biology and creatures and animals. And so there's just this broad, there's so much out there in the world. And it's to be able to kind of interpret it in a new different way is, is cool for me. You know, that's maybe an interesting lead into the next thing because, you know, there's so much out there in the world and there's also so much out there in this movie and you basically have six major pop-up scenes in the book. So how do you go about planning and figuring out which moments really needed to be reflected or maybe which worked well in, as sort of centerpieces for the paper engineering? Well, what usually happens is, you know, I start in with the story and since this story was already, you know, told, we went in with the producers of the movie and, um, you know, talk to them about which scenes you think would be the best. And I also do the same thing. You know, most of the time when I'm working on a book, after I've done the manuscript, then the next part comes where it's sort of you lay out what ideas might happen on each page and the pops, essentially. And so they aren't drawn out. They're sort of just words and you have ideas about what might happen. But I have no idea how they're going to be engineered or what's what it's going to look like yet. I just know that I want to see the ice castle form up from the page somehow, you know, so we, we discuss different scenes, what would be the most important on each page. And then I'll go away and, you know, really start, you know, engineering by hand, you know, cutting up paper and folding it and seeing how it works. So it's, it's really hard. You know, you, you pick those moments that I think are the most iconic and, um, you know, you sort of break it down into different acts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like this movie was was set up in a way that made that process somewhat easy? Like it sort of was fairly easy to narrow down what and how you wanted to feature? 
Uh, sometimes. And then other times, no, because, you know, like everybody likes certain characters and feels that certain parts of the movie are more important than others, you know? So at, at times I, I needed guidance because, you know, I might say, oh, you know, I really want to be with the trolls and I really want to have like a huge pop with all them all over the place. But, you know, then, you, you know, you talk to the producers and they're really, the story was about, really, it's about the sisters the most, you know, like I like to go off on tangents, you know, at times. And, um, they help keep me a little bit more focused on, you know, the main story between those two sisters and what happens in there. And so we get to do what's great about the pop is there's all these little side pops as well. And on one spread in particular, the fifth spread, there's all these like sort of hand activated tabs and pops along the side. So you get the main pop on the top. It also has a pull tab on it and changes and transforms. And then there's also these other side bits. So I get to, you know, I get to, you know, have my, yeah, I get to have my cake and eat it too. You know, like I get to make the things that I have to make and then, or they're more important. And then I get to have these little sidetracks as well. You can indulge those tangents when you want to. I do. I do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what is the process like? Uh, you know, were you involved at all with the, um, you mentioned, you know, the actual storytelling that goes in here. Did you have to deal with the, the, the narration or were you yes. sort of provide? Oh, you did. So that was also your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So I usually, with most of my books, I do the research writing and then the engineering and then, you know, of course the artwork and things like that. Sometimes I work with other artists. Sometimes I work with other writers, but very rarely. And sometimes I'm more constrained, you know, uh, with writing than in other circumstances. So it really depends, not so much in this one, but so it's fun to be able to sort of tell the narrative and then be able to make it happen. And, you know, in, there are points in the book too, where I get to throw in some of the lyrics from the movie, you know, like in, and some of the songs, you know, so it, it's kind of fun to be able to put those little Easter eggs in, mm -hmm. um, here and there. And, um, it, I, I feel like then I'm a little bit more responsible for it all, you know, whether I guess that's whether better good, but, um, usually I'm, I'm edited pretty well. So then, you know, they give me a hand. Mm -hmm. And I assume with a project like this, maybe, or, or something like the star Wars books with Lucasfilm, like there's maybe a few extra little layers of, uh, input and approval, uh, for something. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, um, I mean, when, with any licensed property, that's the way it works, but with things like this, like I, okay, so this is the, the OCD part of me that takes mm -hmm. over, you know? So like I get into it, like I become a freak fan. I mean, and then even more than I usually do. So I oftentimes will know more than maybe the editor does. Like, for example, with the Star Wars books, you know, like I'm a freakish fan, mm -hmm. like hardcore. I'm really into it. I love Star Wars. And so, you know, I know all that stuff. And most of the things that I was asking questions for the, for the uh, team there were, you know, what does this um, cantina aliens lower body look like? So, you know, like really specific, mm -hmm. you know, you know, sort of thing. So, and it's the same thing with uh, Frozen, you know, it's my responsibility to know all this stuff. And so I try to, I try to capture that as much as possible. Going back to the paper engineering aspect of this for a bit, you know, there's, there's so often in your books a, a sense of movement and maybe even like narrative action in the way that some of the, the way that they unfold and things like that. Do you sort of arrive first at like, oh, this is the movement I really want to see. And then, you know, how do I make that happen? Are you, are you relying on certain techniques that you kind of go back to again and again? Or are you, con are you constantly having to sort of innovate to sort of make, you know, affect the change that you want to have happen there? Both, actually, you know, like it starts off and I just, you know, it's kind of like, I, I, you know, I liken it to 
directing sort of a movie, you know, only it's in paper and it's in a book, you know, it's happening. You know, you think about like, what's, I only have a few seconds to make something happen, that important thing, you know, whether it's something growing on the, on the page, something moving. And so you think about your action and there's really not much, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth sort of action that, that can happen in a pop-up. So you need that one dramatic thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there are mechanisms that I use over and over again, you know, to, just to like as structure, structural things. But then there's also a lot that I have to innovate and figure out. Like, I don't like the way something folds and, you know, the way I want it to move in a certain way. So there's a lot of times where I'm, you know, I'm cutting and folding that paper and trying to see this new way of doing something because I don't like the shape or I don't like, you know, how it, it falls across to, uh, you know, different pieces work against each other. So there's there, you know, there is the, I, I, I have like sort of a mantra that I, it, 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 which is kind of, um, you know, like you learn the rules, you break the rules and you learn new rules and then you start all over again, hmm. you know? And, you know, aside from the paper engineering aspect of the book, can you talk about your approach to the artwork itself? You know, obviously we're not looking at stills from the film in this book. Yeah. Yeah. So this artwork was, um, all cut paper collage. Now this is digital cut paper collage because there's so much more detail. Usually what I used to do. And the reason why I usually, uh, what I do is I make my own, um, paper in the studio. So I'll, I'll get acrylic paints and, um, you know, just lots of different papers and just make all these different textures. There's, I, I have probably thousands of different papers that I've made in the studio with the help of assistants and things like that, um, over the years. And what I started to do over working on this book in particular, uh, is do it digitally because there's so much very specific detail, especially with the characters and everything like that. And I don't, you know, you know, with, with these two, it's very important. These, these characters, um, in this book, you know, Elsa and Anna, and then everyone else, you know, like it's very important to get them right, you know, so that they look, uh, right. So what I do is, um, I will, cut up the paper in the computer and lay the different pieces on each other. So very much like what I did before where I would draw a picture and then I would cut out pieces with an exacto knife um, and glue it into place when I would do it in the physical world. Now I'm doing it, um, uh, you know, in the computer using Photoshop and cutting up these different pieces and putting them together. And even the outlines of the characters are specific, you know, that's even cut paper collage. So it's just a different way of approaching cut paper collage. And and I like doing cut paper because I feel like I'm cutting up paper to make the pop-ups. And so it's, it's kind of cool for me to be able to cut up paper to make the illustrations as well. So it's got many layers kind of going on. And you mentioned having some assistance and things like that. Is, is a book like this uh, a team effort? Do you have uh, you, I don't, I'm not quite sure what your studio setup is like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I used to have like a larger studio set up with, with more assistance, mm-hmm. but you know, um, I don't need them as much, you know, it's, it's funny. And let's face it, like it, you know, uh, there was some, you know, as, as the economy went down, um, you know, uh, after about, you know, 2008, 2009, it was expensive to keep full-time people. And I, I am one of those artists that I like my, I like to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have an assistant that comes in maybe a few times a week, um, to help me out just making things like what I, what are called digital dye lines. And the dye lines are the lines that they use to cut out the pieces of the pops. So they may help me do that sort of stuff. But I really, this book in particular, I kind of did completely on my own. Hmm. And last year was like a super, super busy year. And, um, 
I, I, I was crazed. I worked like every single day, you know, but when you are doing something you really love, you don't mind, you know, that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I don't have a big setup. I don't, I realize as I get older, like I really like control mm-hmm. <laughs> with what I do. Like, you know, so then I know that if something's wrong with the way something works, it's my fault. And, uh, you know, I can't blame anybody else. Mm-hmm. Unless you indulge those, uh, some of those OCD tendencies, I guess a little bit too. Yeah. You know, when you talk about sort of trying to perfect some of the movements in the book and some of the scenes, were there ones that were maybe a struggle, but that you're, you're really at, at this point so happy with the way that they, uh, ended up, ended up in the final product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm especially happy with the main, you know, sort of Elsa's castle, uh, because that was a pop that was kind of brewing in my head for, for quite a while, the way it sort of unfurled. And there's some really bizarre things kind of going on at the base in order to make it not only sort of unfurl and get taller, but just fit within the page. So that was one of them that was really tough. And then there's one at the end, there's a very large one that's a transforming sort of scene. Mm -hmm. And it's the scene where, you know, um, Anna is frozen and then you can pull this giant. So it's a big 3D scene. And then you can, when you open the page and then you can pull a huge tab at the bottom. And as you're reading the story, you can pull the tab and the scene pulls away and another scene um, pops up in its place. So it's kind of like this new... Uh, I, I've been doing this for a couple of books, um, where I've sort of perfected these sort of transforming, um, scenes and it's great because, you know, you can, <laughs> well, number one, I mean, you can get an extra pop in there, mm-hmm. which is always great, but it's also like that interactive sort of thing, you know, like involving the reader and making them, you know, seeing they can, they can affect the change in the story and the 3d picture that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool for me. Yeah, I think I remember seeing one of those in your in your recent Lego book, and not having remembered seeing that uh, before exactly. But it really is a pretty dramatic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Lego book was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of different weird things that I had to figure out in that. And each one, each book that I do helps me get something new in the next one. You know, um, so I like the idea. Well, because I'm a you know like I'm a Transformers fan, mm-hmm. and um, I've always been you know since the beginning. I'm a hardcore collector, mm-hmm. and um, there's something about changing something and making it be something else. So I really like affecting that within the pop-up world. And, you know, you mentioned this being a fairly solo project for yours. What sort of timetable did this take? Uh, was this fairly typical for one of your pop-up books? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, yeah, like I- I've gotten super fast. I don't know what it is like, okay, so the less people helping me, I, I become faster. I don't know if I was correcting people a lot or, you know, or maybe I just think I'm just faster at doing things in general. So this one took about five months, you know, and, and it it was intense. I mean, it was all day, every day, you know, because there were some big deadlines Mm -hmm. for it. But, um, that's, that's relative. I used to be like six months per book Mm -hmm. because that was, there was one point and I think it was actually at the time you probably interviewed me last uh, back in 2007, where I was doing two of these large books a year, one right after the other. And so they were usually like six months each. So I've gotten a little faster and uh, more efficient, which is weird. Does your schedule allow for getting out there and talking to kids much uh, these days? Um, some, I, you know, right now, yes. Like last year, it was impossible because I had so much uh, work to do. But now, yes. I mean, like, quite frankly, I I really find it enjoyable. I, I am inspired by what young people make and do and the stories they tell. And, and, and so it's great to go out and see 
different students. And I, you know, occasionally I get to, you know, do uh, demonstrations and teach, you know, kids and adults how to make pop-ups. And that's, it's really great because they have ideas that I may not ever think of, not that I'm, you know, out there copying or whatever, but they see things, especially young people, like they see things and they don't have the rules. So they can kind of like make whatever they want. And this is the way my page is going to look. And this is how it's going to work. And it does. And it's very inspiring. And it always tells me like, you know, let go and try something different. And, uh, you know, what else is keeping you busy these days? Are, are there other projects you can talk about at all? Oh, yes, I can. Um, well, right now, I, I just, I'm currently working on my next Disney project um, that is, uh, I think that they just, I think, I'm pretty sure they announced it in PW, but um, the I'm working on a Pixar celebration book. So it's every Pixar movie, there's like one pop per page, and, or one pop for each movie, excuse me. I think there's like, four different pops per page plus a little bit extra. And so, and, and the book will, because I've done these books, I I did this game of Thrones book that it turned into this giant map. Hmm. So this book will also have uh, a special aspect to it that it will make it something beyond the book. So um, that's really exciting because I like the idea of sort of pushing books beyond books, you know, like thinking outside the book, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, You can enjoy it. Like it's a regular book. Um, Well, a pop-up, some of these pop-ups aren't really like regular, quote unquote regular. You can enjoy it in a different way. And it's fun for me. And, you know, I like to push the boundaries if I can. Yeah. It sounds like you, you're sort of trying to continue to innovate with, with each book and I try, find new things. I try, but you know why? Cause you want to make it interesting. I mean, I'm, I guess there's, there's a part of me that you want to make it interesting for readers. Number one, you also want to make it interesting for yourself, you know, as you're, you know, you're, you're working on these things and you want to make sure like, is this challenging me? And is this, you know, um, that's the selfish part of it, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also working on some secret projects that I can't talk about that aren't even necessarily just pop. So it's great to, I've been kind of, um, stretching beyond my, my normal realm and it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since it was, uh, I think you said your, your niece and nephew who, you know, sort of introduced you to frozen in the per- first place. Have they, have they seen the finished book yet? Um, they, let's see, they have, yes, they have, they love it. I mean, you know, like, you know, kids at one minute, they're into one thing and the next minute, you know, it's like, oh, but I like this now. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Now you were singing this so all the time, you know, but they love it. They, they love to see what happens in the books and it's fun to kind of like, you know, share it with them. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you better uh, lock down that Pokemon Go uh, pop-up. Oh, next. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone, it's funny, someone asked me about Pokemon years ago, and I always thought it was great, but who would have thunk? Well, uh, you know, thanks again for taking time out to speak with me, and uh, congratulations on the new book. Thank you so much. Once again, I've been speaking with Matthew Reinhardt, whose new Frozen pop-up book arrives in October from Disney Editions. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast. 